Well, that song will be an invitation song as well. We've bookended the sermon with those words, that call to rescue the perishing. And speaking of rescue the perishing, uh, Mel led us in a read and response over one of the great metaphors in all of Scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. And that's an image that goes way back into the Old Testament, and especially in the prophet Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 34, that shepherd imagery comes out, and at first it comes out as a a very scathing critique of the shepherds of Israel, the leaders, the prophets, the priests, the kings. They were leading the people astray. They led the people into exile. And so Ezekiel, God through Ezekiel, says this at the beginning of Ezekiel 34. He says, the weak to the shepherds of Israel, the leaders, the weak you have not strengthened, the sick you've not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you've ruled over them. The leaders of Israel are are crippling the people. They had crippled the people. And yet it's also in Ezekiel 34 where God speaks of a time that is coming, when God is going to take matters into His own hands, when God will be the shepherd to His people. Here's what He says in Ezekiel 34, 11. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, So will I seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all places where they've been scattered on the day of clouds and thick darkness. The shepherd is going to bring the the scattered ones into the flock. And this, of course, is fully realized in the coming of the good shepherd, the Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ. We see this throughout the Gospels that Jesus is constantly seeking out the lost sheep the rejected ones, and bringing them back into the fold. We see this especially in the Gospel of Luke. You think about those, those wonderful parables in Luke chapter 15, the lost and found parables. The parable of the lost sheep, where the sheep is, is out and, and away from the flock, and the shepherd goes and finds that one lost sheep, leaving the 99 and bringing the one lost sheep back into the fold. Uh, There's the parable of the woman who lost her coin and she turns the house upside down, inside out, searching diligently for that lost coin. She finds it and rejoices. And then, of course, the great parable of the prodigal son, uh, the young man who scorns his father and squanders his inheritance. He goes off into the Gentile country and, and blows his entire inheritance. And he's so hungry that he's jealous of the food that the pigs are eating and he comes to his senses he says I need to go home and he goes home and his father rushes to meet him the lost son is found a beautiful picture and image of God's grace but it's not just the parables in the gospel of Luke Jesus is out to find the lost sheep and this morning in our sermon text in Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 10 we have one of the most famous lost sheep in all of scripture and I bet our kids know who this lost sheep is and you're in here today so I can ask you who is the wee little man that we sing about do you know his name Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 10 let's see if you can guess right 
We've worked through this series called Can't Live Without Them, and uh, this man fits really into this series, a series about relationships, these relationships that help us to grow and flourish in the kingdom. Uh, We have a list of the names of different types of relationships that we've already worked through. You can read through this, and these are all different types of people in the church that we need to help us grow and flourish in the kingdom. And I hope as we work through this series, and by the way, this series will go to the end of the year, but I hope as we work through these lists of names and these different types of relationships that we will gain a greater uh, appreciation of the church and this gift that God has given us here at Brentwood Oaks, this church family, as God has knit us together in love, as God has arranged the body of believers here. But we're going to add a name to this list. We're going to add the name Zacchaeus this morning. Everyone needs a Zacchaeus. Everyone needs a reject. Well, let's hear the word of God from Luke chapter 19. Verses 1 through 10. He entered Jericho, Jesus, and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled, the crowds. He's gone to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. May God bless the reading and the hearing of His Word. So I want you to think of a skill or something in your profession that you have developed over time. All of us are on a way to becoming masters of our crafts. But the question is, how do we master a skill? Well, it comes through practice. It comes through experience. I'm always amazed at those who are true experts in their fields. So we go to a doctor, something is off in our bodies, something is broken, and we just spend a couple of minutes with a very seasoned doctor and tell them our symptoms, and then they do a few checks here and there, and They diagnose diagnose us, and they can diagnose us because, well, they know what to look for. They've seen this before through the years. 
I think of the same thing with the mechanic. We bring our broken cars to the mechanic, and the mechanic can hear what's wrong with it. And yes, he has to go into the engine and tinker a bit to verify, but he can hear the problem. We can go through the list of all the different professions, master teachers, craftsmen, programmers, electricians, musicians. After years of immersing oneself in a skill and through experience and through continued learning and growing, you become a master of your craft. But what often separates a master from an apprentice is that the senses have been trained. The master of his craft has trained his senses. A master knows what he or she is looking for or listening for or feeling, or tasting, or smelling. They have trained their senses to diagnose and address just about any issue. Well, in our sermon text this morning, we find a master of his craft, our Messiah, in carrying out his mission. I want to begin at the end of this passage, because that last saying of Jesus really colors the rest of this passage and gives us some things to think about as the church and the body here at Brentwood Oaks, it's verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, what I think is a direct reference to Ezekiel 34 and the good shepherd going out and seeking and saving the lost sheep. But in order to seek and to save, Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, has an extraordinary sensitivity to the lost sheep, the rejected ones. Jesus has these trained senses to seek out the broken. So you can recall different stories of Jesus. Many of you, you think about the woman who was bleeding for 12 years. And you remember the story where Jesus is walking through and the crowds are pressing in around him, trying to touch him. And the woman touches his garment and Jesus says, who touched me? And the disciples wonder, what is he talking about? Everyone's touching him, but he could actually feel her faith. He could feel the healing power restoring her, her wholeness. Just before our sermon text, at the end of chapter 18, Jesus is approaching Jericho, and there's this blind man who's crying out, and it's a noisy crowd, and yet Jesus can hear the cries of the blind man. This man who wants to see, and Jesus gives him sight. Jesus had tuned his ears to the voice of the broken. And then we get to our sermon passage. The sermon about a wee little man. He also wishes to see. But just like the blind man, he's hindered by the crowds. The crowd, for whatever reason, cannot see Zacchaeus. Maybe it's because he's short in stature. Or maybe it's a willful blindness. Nobody really wants to see Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector, and according to the Jews, he is the chief traitor. The tax collectors are the go-betweens between the Jewish people and the Roman Empire. The Romans have a, a fixed amount of money they want, but they don't care how much the tax collectors collect on top of that, as long as Rome is paid, as long as there are no riots. And Zacchaeus, no doubt, would have been directly or indirectly responsible for things happening to the people. Things like losing your home, or having your family miss a meal, 
or having to go into great debt because of his greed and the lack of integrity of those who are working under this chief tax collector. The text says that Zacchaeus was very rich, and no doubt he was rich off of the people's backs, which really speaks to what he tells Jesus at the end of the parable, or at the end of this story. So the crowds can't see Zacchaeus. The crowds don't want to see Zacchaeus, this man who's trying to see Jesus. And I wonder how many of them would have spotted him in the tree. I mean, they had their eyes fixed on Jesus, which was a good thing, but they certainly weren't in tune to the rejected one, the, the scoundrel who was in their midst, the one who was outside of the family of Abraham. But Jesus saw him. Jesus saw him because he had the eyes to see him. When it came to the mission of seeking and saving the lost, Jesus knew exactly what to look for and he knew where to look. So the question for us this morning is, can you see Zacchaeus? Have you trained your senses to see the rejected ones? Have you trained your eyes to know where to look? Have you trained your ears to hear the cry of the broken ones? Can you feel those who are longing for a touch? Do you know where to look? So about three years ago, the road that led to our neighborhood began to change. It used to be on the way home, there was nothing there. Just flat fields, flat land. It was nice. There wasn't a lot of traffic. The stoplights would cycle through quickly. There weren't even street lights. It was very dark at night and kind of reminded me of my small hometown. But then right about the time the pandemic started, we, st we began to see these construction vehicles. And within a year and a half, all these apartment complex came up right next to our neighborhood. And new neighborhoods were being developed. And all of a sudden, there were these shopping centers and gas stations. The whole stretch of the road that was once vacant is now filled with people and cars and buildings. And my first response, my reflexive response, was to grumble for the small group that would hear me, the captive audience, my family, and a few friends. How things have changed so quickly with all of these people moving into Austin, forgetting the fact that my wife and I are not native Austinites or Flugervillians, however you say it. But this was different. I mean, we moved to that neighborhood when it was nice and quiet, and now it's buzzing with activity. It's buzzing with people, lots and lots of people. But in those apartments, behind closed doors, and in those shopping centers and in those gas stations, I would imagine that there are quite a few of the rejected ones. People who need to see Jesus. Maybe they don't realize it. They feel the angst. They feel fear, anxiety. They're meandering through life not knowing which direction to go, not having meaning or purpose. They need to see Jesus. 
And I'm afraid that my reflexive response betrays me. I'm afraid that if I were in the story in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, that I too would miss Zacchaeus in the back of the crowd, a man trying to see Jesus, a reject who does not fit in because of his occupation, his sins of the past, his physical appearance. He's easy to miss if you don't know what to look for or where to look. I don't know about you, but I find Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 10 to be very convicting when I place myself there in the crowd. You know, there are many layers to this story, and if I were preaching this not attached to a series, I would really focus in on this wonderful transformation that happens within Zacchaeus, this outsider of the family, and how Jesus reaches out a hand of grace to him. Jesus invites himself over, and when he does that, he's really bringing Zacchaeus back into the family. He's restoring Zacchaeus back into the community. It's a beautiful thing. And Zacchaeus has this incredible response to to God's grace. He starts to bear fruit instantly as God reaches out to him. That's another sermon for another day. This series is a focus on the church. And in Luke 19, Jesus is doing something for the church. Jesus knew where to look. Jesus had eyes for the rejected ones. And in Luke 19, Jesus is drawing the gaze of the church then and the church today up to the tree. Yes, Jesus is a master of his craft, the Messiah whose mission is to seek and to save the lost. And he's training the church to join in with that mission, to seek and save the lost. So have you looked up the tree lately? Can you see Zacchaeus? Can you see the rejected ones behind closed doors, in school buildings, office spaces? People looking for answers, people trying to see Jesus, and as the people of God here at Brimwood Oaks, we have to ask ourselves, are we in any way blocking the view? Do we too have willful blindness to the rejected ones? We're the only ones that can answer that. Everyone needs a Zacchaeus. Everyone needs a reject. Do you know one? Are you connected to one? Are you one? It's vital for the church to stay connected to the rejects lest we forget our own story and history of being a rejected one and God graciously reaching out to us and bringing us, the scattered ones, back into the fold. I want to challenge you this week. As you drive your car, even today as you drive home or you go out to lunch, 
I want to challenge you to ask God to further train your senses. Ask God to further train your vision to see the Zacchaeuses. To further train your hearing to hear the cries of the broken. To further train your, your touch that we would touch the untouchable and love the unlovable when we draw our gaze to the tree, when we see others as Jesus sees them. Well, that's when ministries begin. That's when the mission becomes alive. That's, that's when we join in with God's mission who sent His Son to seek and to save the lost. That mission becomes our mission as the hands and feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. We too seek and save the lost. We have to know where to look. We have to be willing to look. I wonder whom God is preparing to connect to us. Maybe it's tonight at our trunk or treat. Are we open to the Spirit's movement among us, the God who continues to gather the scattered ones back into the flock? Well, may God give us the vision and the hearing to carry out this mission. May we become, as a church, continue to become masters of the craft in this glorious mission, this great rescue mission that God has entrusted to us to look up and reach out to those who are in the tree. This is the invitation before us this morning. Perhaps you feel as you are one of the rejected ones. I hope that you hear the word of grace this morning of the arms and the hands that are extended to you. Maybe you have gone off the path. You are a lost sheep. Take this time to come back to the fold. The invitation is open. The rescue mission, we need you as someone who is lost and found to become part of the rescue mission to those who are lost. Let's continue this invitation moment as we stand and sing this song of rescue.